Hey everybody, my name is Brian Rundle. This is a new episode of Run's House Podcast. Thank you for downloading and joining and listening to the show, of course. Uh, who's on Threads? I'm a Threads guy now. I would love to see any pain that is inflicted to Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. I'm all for. So you could join me. You could follow me on Threads at B underscore Run13. Love to have you. On today's episode, we're going to do as much as we can not to discuss Donald Trump because that seems to be the theme on not just my podcast, but many other podcasts when you're listening to something in the political arena. Donald Trump seems to dominate the news. So I will not, after this particular sentence, not mention Donald Trump because Donald Trump is, wait, God damn it. Just mentioned him. All right, this is going to be the last sentence. Donald Trump gets way too much attention. He's going to continue to get attention in the future. So from this point on, not one more mention, Donald Trump. Today, we're going to talk about our current president, Joe Biden. Joe Biden does not get enough credit, in my opinion, on what he's accomplished and what he has done in his little over two years as president of the United States of America. He doesn't get enough credit with the people in this country. He doesn't get enough credit in the media. He doesn't get enough credit even with his own party. But what Joe Biden has been able to accomplish in the atmosphere and the political disarray that we see today is nothing short of remarkable. So we are going to tout his accomplishments and what he has been able to do up to this point. And we are going to talk about why it's a no-brainer to elect him again as president of the United States. Now, I'm assuming most people who listen to this podcast already have that in mind. They're going to say, well, Ron, of course, We're going to reelect Joe Biden, especially over the field that he's competing against. Who would I vote for over Joe Biden? Well, you probably wouldn't. But I do believe it is high time for you, for me, and everybody else that understands how important it is to vote for Joe Biden, not just because of his accomplishments, but because of what the alternative could be. It's high time we start all talking about it and we all start letting people know about it. And you don't have to be obnoxious about it. I'll be obnoxious about it sometimes. I don't care. But maybe you're not the obnoxious type. But it is important, I think, now for everybody to start talking about why Joe Biden is not just the president for all people, but the president that gets things done. And we're going to go over a list of things that Joe Biden gets done. We're going to go over some inflation data. We're going to go over the unemployment rate, jobs created, GDP growth, other accomplishments. So we're going to start with inflation because there was, as of today, today is Wednesday, July 12th. I'm recording this on July 12th. And today, new inflation data was just released. And it shows that inflation has dropped to 3%. Now, if you look back a year ago, you would notice that inflation was at 9.1%. That's a year ago. It dropped six points in a year. 
under Joe Biden's administration and leadership. Our inflation has dropped lower than other major world economies, including the United Kingdom, Italy, Germany, France, Japan, and Canada. It has decreased for 12 straight months. So there was a time where everybody wanted to put their stupid little stickers on gas pumps, blaming Joe Biden for the gas prices, blaming Joe Biden for inflation. And they said the reason why gas prices were high and inflation was high was because of Joe Biden and his policies. Well, I've mentioned this before, but if it was because of his policies, wouldn't that mean that inflation would continue to rise and gas prices would continue to rise? But they're falling. Everything's falling. So logic would tell you that's because of Joe Biden's policies and his leadership. Let's move on to unemployment. Unemployment is below 4% for the longest stretch in 50 years. It's also the lowest unemployment for black Americans ever in the history of this country, ever. Jobs created, 13.2 million jobs added since Joe Biden took presidency. Now, I've heard people say, well, those were all just the COVID jobs that were lost and they were just replaced, which is true. But he replaced all of those jobs plus an additional 4 million more. So all the jobs that were lost during COVID have been replaced plus an additional 4 million more. Have you ever seen when the unemployment data comes out and they always have projections of how many jobs are added and it always seems to be a hundred to 200,000 more than they project. And every single time they have to report, even Fox News has to go, oh my God, look at this unemployment rate. Look at the jobs report. Look at all this stuff. This is mind blowing. They even have to admit it, at least the smart ones, at least the ones that have some bit of credibility. GDP growth came in at 2% for the first quarter of 2023. U.S. manufacturing jobs. Remember uh, Donald Trump's, oh, God damn it. Oh, I said I wasn't going to mention his name. Okay, remember the previous guy? I have editing capabilities. Should I edit his name out? Nope. You know what? I made a mistake. But the previous guy kept talking about how he was going to be the manufacturing jobs president. Well, he wasn't. Guess who is? Joe Biden. Highest level of manufacturing jobs since 2008. Consumer confidence, highest level since early of 2022. I mean, all of the economic data that has come out under the Biden presidency has been nothing short of phenomenal. Excellent job, Mr. President. Can't wait to vote for you again. That should be the attitude of myself, everybody listening, and everybody thinking about voting against them or for somebody else. Sounds to me like a no-brainer. Who is going to come in and do a better job? Now, there are some people out there that think a particular person could come in, wave some magic wand, and just say, inflation is over, gas prices are lower, and all of it would just happen because they said it. It's like when, if you ever watched The Office, when Michael Scott came in and declared bankruptcy, he just came out into the office and yelled, I declare bankruptcy. And he thought that that was it. That's all he had to do. We all know it takes a little bit more than just making declarations. It takes action. And Joe Biden and his administration has taken action. 
and they've done a great job. And I'm proud that I voted for him. I'm proud he's our president. I don't give a fuck how old he is. I don't care how he stammers every once in a while. And he might seem a little lost here and there. Doesn't matter to me. Not at all. You know why? Because the results. The results are there. It's You can't argue the results. You can make an argument maybe of how much credit he gets for all of this stuff. Fine. If you have a cogent argument, we'll listen to it. But at the end of the day, no matter who the president is, if all the stuff that I just named was under that particular president, I promise you they'd be beating their chest saying, look at me. Look at us. Look at who you voted for. That's why you voted for the guy. It is time we give Joe Biden the credit that he deserves. Let's go over a few more accomplishments under the Biden-Harris administration. And real quick, over the uh, Miss Kamala Harris, let's talk about her for just a quick second. There's been a recent poll that says she's the most unpopular vice president of all time. You know what? Fuck off. A, that poll is ridiculous. B, all polls now need to be thrown out the window because they are all so partisan and they are wrought with answers from an electorate that don't know exactly what they're talking about. And I'm going to go into a couple of those numbers here in just a minute. But what I am going to do first is we're going to go over some of the accomplishments of Mr. Joe Biden. First of all, the Infrastructure Act. Increased investments in roads, bridges, airports, also expanded broadband across the country in a lot of places that needed it and didn't have it. Although, quite frankly, some of the places that needed it, I'm not sure I want them to have internet because we might create a couple more Marjorie Taylor Greens. But overall, that's a good accomplishment. 30 years of inaction on gun violence, a bipartisan Safer Communities Act. That created background checks and provided funds for youth for mental health. So everybody always talks about it. it's not just guns, it's mental health. Well, he did both. How about that? And we're still not even close to where we need to be on gun safety and violence, but that's a start. Again, no president in decades have been able to pass any sort of comprehensive and meaningful gun laws, Joe Biden did, made a $369 billion investment in climate change through the Inflation Reduction Act. And you know what else I love about the Inflation Reduction Act? One of my favorite things, 15% minimum corporate tax rate. So the corporations and the billionaires pay their fair share. Ended the war in Afghanistan. Wasn't pretty. Nope, it sure wasn't. But I don't think there was any way Pulling the troops out of Afghanistan was going to be pretty. And you know what? He did that based on a plan that the previous guy, I almost said it, but the previous guy laid out. And he kind of doesn't even want to take credit for it. I guess I'm kind of breaking my rules here. I wonder if I should lift that ban. Nope. All right. You know what? If I have to mention anything about him, it's going to be the previous guy. I'm just going to move along. I'm going to move along and I'll do everything I can not to mention his name. He passed the American Rescue Plan, which cut child poverty in half. Also reduced health care premiums $800 a year. Was able to reduce the price of insulin to $35 for seniors. He tried to get it done for everybody, but nope, Republicans blocked that. Rejoined the Paris Agreement, another 
step in the right direction for climate change. He strengthened the NATO alliance in support of Ukraine, and he got Turkey involved to change their stance on Sweden joining NATO. That's actually a pretty big deal. Joe Biden is not only one of the best domestic presidents, he's one of the best international presidents. Our allies thought we were a joke over the last four previous years. Joe Biden restored the confidence in our allies and really worldwide in America. He authorized the assassination of the new head of al-Qaeda after Osama bin Laden was killed. Amman al-Sawari signed the PACT Act to address service members' exposure to burn pits and other toxins. But do you remember the Republicans blocked that initially? Do you know why they blocked it? If you remember why they blocked the PACT Act, they blocked it because Joe Biden played the Republicans and Mitch McConnell by getting the CHIPS Act passed, which, by the way, helped strengthen American manufacturing jobs. And we already talked about what's happened in manufacturing jobs in this country since Joe Biden's taken over. But they were so mad that he duped them into passing the CHIPS Act that they thought that their best course of action was to block the PACT Act for veterans. I don't know if you saw the video or if you remember it. That's when Ted Cruz and a couple of those guys were all giving each other high fives for blocking the PACT Act in response to getting played for passing the CHIPS Act. He was also a leader through COVID, which we desperately needed. He got the shots in the arms and saved tons of lives. But with all those accomplishments, there's a problem. And the problem is most Americans, no clue. They don't know about it which is a major problem, especially with we have an election next year. That's a major problem out of all those accomplishments that America doesn't know about. And quite frankly, there's more accomplishments. I could have probably listed about five or six more. But there was polling last month that said 78% of midterm voters could not name a single accomplishment in the Biden-Harris administration. And over 60% of Americans surveyed said Biden hadn't achieved much at all. Can you imagine that? This is what I was talking about, I think it was last week or the week before, is I don't mind talking politics with people. I don't mind that Americans want to be part of the conversation. But please know what you're talking about before you get involved in the conversation. If you are involved in the conversation and in anywhere in the conversation you say, I don't know, but you continue with the argument, you should not be allowed to be in that argument or that conversation anymore. I mean, that makes sense, right? I promise you, I will do my best anytime I'm in a conversation with anybody about politics or current events, I'm going to know what I'm talking about. And if I don't, I just say, you know what? I really don't know too much about that. If you want to start talking to me about Russia, Putin, and Wagner Group and all that stuff, I know a little bit. I don't know enough. And the person talking to me can spew off all the shit they want. And I'd be like, holy shit, this guy knows or this gal knows a whole bunch about Russia and Wagner Group and Putin. And they might not even know. But I wouldn't believe them until I did my own research. And that's really what it comes down to. People do zero research, but man, are they going to be involved in the conversation? Do you know why? Well, because I saw some Twitter memes and they saw a post on Facebook from their crazy uncle that Joe Biden has done nothing. And the only thing that he has done 
is he worked a secret deal to get $5 billion from China and give it to his son or Hunter and cocaine in the White House and trans people are coming to take over your children and all kinds of crazy shit. That's what they know about. They know more about what's going on or think they know what's going on about transgender communities and Bud Lights and Targets and that's what they know a bunch about and that Joe Biden is responsible for all of it and we don't care that he decreased the price of my grandmother's insulin to $35. Used to be hundreds of dollars and she wasn't able to even buy it because it was so expensive. But now grandma can live, but that doesn't matter because Hunter Biden drove 180 miles an hour on his way to Vegas, smoking crack. That makes sense, right? Jesus. But what else is nauseating is Republicans like Nancy Grace and Tommy Tuberville and Ted Cruz and Marjorie Taylor Greene, they are going to tell their constituents about the new bridge or the new roads that are being built in their town and so excited about it, but they all voted against it. Marjorie Taylor Greene might get more credit in her district for the new roads and bridges than, than Joe Biden. Make sense out of that. I can't too much about what's going on in this country. I can't make sense about, but that's why I said it's important for all of us to know the facts and maybe go around and talk about it a little bit. You don't have to get into a big argument. You don't have to get into a big thing. Pretty simple. It's indisputable. All those numbers that I read off and all those particular accomplishments that I read off are facts. They're indisputable. You want to argue about the impact of them? Okay. Let's listen to what you learned about it. Oh, you haven't learned anything about it? You just want to talk about it? Because you don't like Joe Biden, you're going to say it's bullshit? Well, that doesn't fly with me. As I said earlier, I am proud to be a Joe Biden voter in 2020. And I'm going to be proud to vote for Joe Biden in 2024. I can't fucking wait. How's that grab you? If he can accomplish as much as he has... In a little over two years, I can't wait to see what he can do in eight years, especially if the Democrats take back over the House and the Senate, which is possible. Anybody who doesn't think that that's possible has not looked to see what has happened since 2016. Democrats are winning almost everything, literally everything, even in red states, even in purple states. Democrats are winning. And is it because the Democrats are the greatest thing in, in the world and they do everything right? Nope. A lot of that has to do with the fact that there's way too much crazy on the Republican side. Like way too much crazy. Now speaking of way too much crazy, we're going to get to the second part of the show and we're going to talk about the disaster that is the campaign of Ron DeSantis. I know I have been saying this for years. In fact, I can probably go back and find clips of previous podcasts. I probably should have done that. Damn it. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I can stop the show. I can do all kinds of editing and I can, eh, it's too late. Maybe I can get a couple more downloads out of it. Can somebody go back and listen to my old shows that might have Ron DeSantis's name in it and listen to it to see if I said, because I know I have said in the past that Ron DeSantis had no chance of being president of the United States. None. Zero. There were people, I live in the state of Florida, people looked at me like, you are out of your mind crazy. He is going to be the greatest candidate we have ever seen. I said, where are you getting that from? He's amazing. 
They couldn't believe that I would think that Ron DeSantis had no chance. But that is becoming clearer and clearer and actually quicker than I had even even anticipated. Let's just think about what he did here in Florida. It depends on how you look at it, but he was a disaster when it came to COVID. He was a mini Trump when it came to COVID. And one of the worst things that had ever happened is a New York Times article, or was it Washington Post? It was one of those two that came out with an article that stated that Ron DeSantis won COVID. How Ron DeSantis won COVID. First of all, nobody won COVID. COVID was an international pandemic that killed hundreds of thousands, millions of people. There's no winner there. But part of it was he didn't completely close down the state so the Florida economy was better than others. So what we are saying is is that money is more important than lives. Now, I'm not here to say that it wasn't important to keep the economy going if you could in any way possible. But what I am saying is is that you're going to tell me that there's a win and loss column and if you're looking at the difference between you didn't close everything down, which, by the way, isn't 100% true. Florida was shut down for a period of time, and many businesses were shut down, and they stayed shut down for quite a, a period of time. But you're telling me the difference between winning and losing in COVID was you made a little bit more money than uh, people who actually died from the pandemic? That, that, make, that makes no sense. And you know what else doesn't make sense? He started a war with Florida's biggest employer, Disney World. So Disney said, you know what? After a while, fuck you. We had a multi-million dollar project that we were going to do. We're not doing it anymore. You know why? Because of you, Ron DeSantis. You are the reason why we are not doing this project. Now he's passing book ban laws. He's pans- You can't say gay in school. You know, you've heard all of these different things. He also has an anti-immigration law that is now hurting businesses in this state because of a lot of the immigrants bailed. They got out of Florida. So now a lot of these companies that used a lot of the immigrants for their work are struggling because A, they can't find anybody that will work near as hard as them. And if they did, the labor pool now is a lot less than it used to be. So any projects or jobs are going to be behind here in the state of Florida. But beyond that, he's just an awkward and strange human being. He's not likable at all. He hates talking to people. He has no charisma. His wife is kooky. Casey DeSantis, although I was seeing the other day that people are now apparently calling her Karen DeSantis, and they asked Ron DeSantis about it, and he did not like that very much. And the fact that he doesn't like it makes me like it even more. Karen DeSantis is fucking hilarious. Rolling Stone just came out with an article. The title of the article is The Murdochs, who owns Fox News, the Murdochs start to sour on DeSantis. They smell a loser. And I don't know if you've seen any interviews with them, but they are painful. They're hard to watch. I would say I kind of feel sorry for him, but I, I can't feel sorry for him. I just can't. He's a bad, evil human being. And every time I see him stammer and get flustered by the questions that are being asked to him, I laugh and I love it. 
Now, does he have any chance of making a comeback? Of course he does. I've seen many presidential candidates make comebacks. Clinton made a comeback. John McCain made a comeback. Even our current president, who I love and that everybody should be proud to vote for in the next election and be proud that you voted for him in 2020 because of all the accomplishments that I have already listed, Joe Biden made a comeback. And I'm sure there's a list more that have done it. But with this guy, I can't see it. I just can't. Even if the previous guy goes to jail, which I do believe he is going to, how's he going to beat? All right. Yeah. We'll get back. Maybe next show. We'll talk about that again. But I can't see how Ron DeSantis becomes the top guy in that field. Although the field is weak and there really are no candidates that blow the doors off. And that's probably the only way he has a chance is if the top runner is no longer there and somehow he can go back to having the perception of being the smarter version of the previous guy. But in everything I see, that's going to be difficult to do. And finally, speaking of disasters, I was thinking about this the other day. What would you say is the biggest disaster between these three things? So I'm going to give you three things and you can come up with on your own what is the biggest disaster. Or you can email me. Email me at runshousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell me what you think is the biggest disaster of these three. The first one is Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. The second one is Ron DeSantis's presidential run. Or the third one would be the Tucker Carlson Twitter show, which apparently has nosed dive to a point to where nobody's really watching it, which I'm not shocked at all. In fact, I didn't know anybody was still watching it now. I had no idea. I don't even see clips about it. I don't hear much about it. I just saw the other day that he started on his first show with, I don't know, 100 million something people. And that has dwindled all the way down into like the 30 something million people within five or six shows. So I gave you a little context on that one, just in case you didn't even know about Tucker Carlson's show or understand where it stands right now. So those are the three choices. Email me at runshousepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any questions, comments that you would like to share with me. I'm always welcome to read them and respond back. I do also want to mention that I am closer to putting together our live YouTube show with Lana Quest that I believe will be starting next week. The show name, we have a name, it's called Black and White with Brian Rundle and Lana Quest. I'm excited about that venture. So we will do everything we can to get the word out on that one. Hopefully you guys tune into that and uh, keep an eye out for it. So black and white on YouTube, it will be a live broadcast and we're going to shoot for some time next week. And then once we do start the show, we'll have a regular schedule. So that way, if anybody wants to tune in, you certainly can. But as far as tuning in, I always appreciate anybody tuning into this show. And if you could, as always, please subscribe, rate, review the show. That always helps. And we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>